Hey Mifferbytes listeners, hope you're all having a great summer. Some exciting new updates will be coming to the podcast in the next couple of weeks. We would really like to hear your feedback about how, what you think about the podcast and how it's going. What can we improve? What do you want to hear more of? Please send us an email at medfordpod at gmail.com and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We welcome any and all feedback. Today's episode includes an interview with Alicia Legambina about the, about the work she does as the community social worker for Medford. I've included additional information in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you don't mind just introducing yourself with your name and pronouns and just a bit about who you are. Hi, my name is Alicia Lagambina, um, she, her, and hers, and I am the community social worker for the City of Medford's Health Department in the Office of Prevention and Outreach, and I'm also a lifelong Medford resident. Great. Thank you, Alicia. Um, so the first question that I ask everybody on the podcast is just to share your favorite place to eat in Medford and what you like to eat there. My favorite place to eat in Medford uh, has to be Bob's, and I get a chicken palm sub every time I get takeout from there. Nice. That sounds really good. Um, okay, so if you could just tell us a little bit about your role at the city, what your job entails, kind of what you do here. Okay. Um, so my position is new. Um, I went from being the community recovery coach out of the health department, I transitioned um, during COVID to the at-risk coordinator um, and kind of helping those services be connected um, to those with limited access um, to the great federal funding <laughs> coming and um, being solidified as the community social worker. Um, we do a variety of things. Uh, the most, I, the most important thing that we have done is our substance use. Uh, recovery and harm reduction initiatives. Uh, we do, we work with the Medford Police Department and we do door knocks after an individual in the community has overdosed. Uh, we provide um, overdose prevention training, naloxone to that person or their family in the event that there another overdose would occur. Um, we do one-on-one -on -one individual recovery coaching here at City Hall. Uh, we also have a peer recovery group that meets every Wednesday from 4.30 to 5.30 here at City Hall. Um, and we have dinner. Um, it's very informal, family dinner style, uh, check-in with residents who um, are seeking uh, their place in recovery. We support families um, who call us and have a loved one who is living with a substance use disorder or have some concerning behaviors that they're, they're worried about. So substance use, um, in terms of my role, is, is huge and, and definitely something that we consistently want to broaden our, our services surrounding. Um, we do have some programming where somebody who is interested in recovery we help them with job placements, um, recovery home scholarships so that they could, you know, pay their first or a couple months rent um, and remain in recovery. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, help them with basic needs and, and gift cards and bus passes. Um, we're starting a job readiness program um, as well as hoping to, um, in the works, is coordinating with the mayor, such as the housing meeting mm -hmm. that they had we would like to have an employment one so those mm -hmm. who are 
uh, unemployed or underemployed um, and the resources available. So we're, we're trying to dip into the career opportunity realm um, as it's directly corrected, uh, connected to the people that we work with who are living with um, substance use. The social work aspect um, kind of came out of um, the fact that I'm a social worker and I work for the health department um, and so a lot of the needs of the communities are directly related to social uh, determinants of health mm -hmm. and we see a lot of concerning um, issues in the community and usually what happens is that the health department, the building department, office of community development or veterans office are like wondering like what can we do mm -hmm. to help connect this person to resources. Mm -hmm. Outside of the um, substance use initiative, we don't provide any actual assistance here. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to make that clear. We, there's no emergency housing fund mm -hmm. um, that I know of. <laughs> and But what we do is we connect those two resources um, in the community as well as case manage them um, so it's not enough to just connect somebody with resource and make a resource list. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly wasn't during the pandemic where mm -hmm. offices were closing and there were different routes to get services and receive services or connect with services. Mm -hmm. um, so we do a lot of advocacy for those who are looking for services. So we follow up with the, the community providers and we say, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, um, and we follow that with the person, a lot of what we do is just support people while they're going through this time that's difficult for them. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of brief supportive counseling just for those who are really experiencing some anxiety, really experiencing a stressful time. Um, and so we get a lot of calls surrounding that without even the, the resource management. It sounds like there's a comprehensive idea around supporting folks is like that are sort of seeking recovery in various stages of substance use and recovery and that I think this is one of those things that people know is a problem but they don't know what it means like in terms of impact to their community unless it's affecting them and so it's like I think I didn't know about your position before like I came across it with something with work and like sort of knowing that this problem which I think can be really personal these things that can be sort of like hidden within families or or like different groups like it's I think it's really important to know that something like this exists at the city level and that you're you're not just sort of like hearing what people are going through and like sending them off to a program but you're like sitting with them you're having meetings where you provide dinner and um I think it's it's helpful to know and I wonder if you could say like if you had any estimate of like how many folks you serve with this program I don't have my stats up um let me start by saying there's a couple ways to for someone to um, come in contact with the uh, community social worker. Mm -hmm. So through the COVID response, we had the at-risk mm -hmm. um, re referral form. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was interdepartmental inter through the city as well as um, anybody from the community could do that. Mm -hmm. So we have like these patches of data mm -hmm. um, of how many initial contacts. And we also have the multi- multilingual resource line. Mm -hmm. um, so the community liaison speaking a variety of languages, Arabic, Spanish, um, Portuguese, Haitian Creole, mm -hmm. um, they will respond in the person's language mm -hmm. um, and be able to connect that way. Um, and all the social service 
calls that go to that come to me and mm -hmm. all of the health related COVID vaccinations will go to the public health nurse. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of, so through these various um, avenues of kind of getting connected to me, we, we've served, I actually had my numbers up for housing. Mm -hmm. So it's also, we run stats based on their needs. Mm -hmm. Um, so housing, um, food insecurity, um, substance use, mental health, um, children, elder. So we kind of have this really messy <laughs> database yeah. of data, which we are working on. We're collaborating with Tufts mm -hmm. um, for our practice evaluation of what we're doing here and also like better ways for us to... Um, get this good data that I think the city needs. I think the city would should hear about the stories that we are hearing about. Uh, so that's another aspect of my job is to just bring the social work perspective, bring what I'm hearing mm -hmm. to those um, who make the decisions, the stakeholders, um, the grant funding. Yeah. And so it's funny because I'm one of the only people that have direct contact with populations who, who need assistance. Yeah. So we have a social worker at the Council on Aging. We have some family um, workers in the city. Um, so when there is a discussion surrounding social service needs, they kind of call me in as the mm. expert, but mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> the only person um, who is working with these populations. Yeah. So those who are homeless in Medford, those with housing instability, those with food insecurity. Yeah. Um, so a variety of issues. So they'll, they'll call yeah. on me. And it's good because I get to tell them in real time what I'm seeing and what. So right now we're kind of working on um, this, um, a population of those who are unhoused mm -hmm. and the community. We're finding spots where they are, where there's evidence, uh, clothes, um, mm -hmm. shopping carts. Mm -hmm. And we're doing, we've been doing some direct outreach this week. So we've made backpacks with Cheez-Its and Gatorade and mm -hmm. Um, and more so to just engage with these individuals, tell them about the cooling centers yeah. that are going on right now, which are highly underutilized. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to make contact with a population that needs something yeah. when we're, you know, the way that we communicate with sure. the public is highly, you know, Yeah, it's a technical. big job, yeah. And um, I think I, you mentioned social determinants of health, and I think I'm glad that you brought that up. And what you're speaking to is, like, I think this perception sometimes of folks who like use drugs or use substances and like this being like a moral failing and we just need to get them to stop using and then all their problems will be solved but you're I like how you're speaking to like all these other you know issues like people don't just use drugs and alcohol because it's fun or whatever but there's like there's lots of under there can be lots of underlying reasons and then lots of underlying uh like challenges that would help someone mm -hmm. achieve recovery you know like having a home being one of them for sure we have an open path to recovery um, program. We have a program for those who want to um, achieve sobriety and need um, certain resources to get there. But we also have a population who don't necessarily want to stop drinking. Right. They want to work on employment or housing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and we support that. Yeah. Um, and we support them in other ways. So health, if we can help them make up doctor's appointments, mm -hmm. if we can help those um, with you know, giving them access to naloxone, telling yeah. them where their needle exchange is, yeah. 
So we're navigating this harm reduction world mm -hmm. right now, which seems really scary to people. Yeah, sure. um, but it is just limiting the health effects. Sure. It's a public health, yeah. you know, initiative. So we're, you know, limiting negative health consequences yeah. for the people that we're working with, sure. whether they want, um, you know, to be abstinent from substances yeah. or not. Right. Right. Um, so we've. That's a population that we've been working with in terms of mitigating the, the harmfulness of, of the alcohol use. Um, and definitely something that I'd like to see bigger. Yeah. Uh, in Medford, harm reduction is huge. I mean, it can be applied to anything. It can yeah. be applied to teens. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good principle mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to a, a population where they you know worthlessness could be there there's a lot of really emotional things to yeah. just be open to where they are and and you know what they want because we are our best um you know advice givers yeah. we know ourselves the best so sure. um and just you know reinstating some self-determination mm -hmm. that people know what's best for them with what they have sure so, and you all do do you do naloxone trainings we do. So we do group ones, we do one-on-ones, uh, we give away free naloxone, um, and we have done a couple of community-wide ones, um, but anyone can come by or, or make an appointment to get one. Okay. Um, so we have this substance use program, and we're working on this social services mm -hmm. program, and um, I always kind of like to plug what I am seeing. So I am seeing a lot of homelessness and we are seeing a lot of hoarding mm -hmm. um, disorders and cluttering mm -hmm. affecting those of age, mm -hmm. um, which is really concerning. So I work with the health department and the the building department and we, we rally around these situations um, and try to find the best course of action because we want people to live independently and healthy in their own homes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that the city, we all share that ideal. Mm -hmm. um, we have a hub table that meets every Tuesday. And so any agency um, that provides social services to the city, um, including our mental community mental health providers, um, Department of Children and Families, the, um, the public schools have come, um, DMH, so we have all these providers come, and if there is a high-risk case, usually brought forth by the police, so the police, the fire, the EMTs are also there, um, and we all kind of rally around um, this individual family or dwelling, mm -hmm. and we make a team um, to outreach that person in this crisis moment, um, elevated risk moment, really, mm -hmm. and, and just offer services. Mm -hmm you know, and just provide the information, offer it at no, yeah. you know, yeah. you great. have to do it kind yeah. of, kind of message. Options, right, yeah. And I, you bring up a, a good point, and I'm wondering if it's okay to ask about, um, I think something that is on a lot of people's minds is this idea of intersection of social work, mental health, and the police. And it sounds mm -hmm. like the, the hub that you're describing involves all of those people. And so could you describe kind of what Medford's doing to sort of combine those services. Yep. Um, so I was, I had the, um, I was graced to be here um, through two different administrations at the police station. And I will say that, um, you know, our police station now is very welcoming to the idea that um, social workers and clinicians should be 
interfacing with those with mental health and substance use and being offered services and de-escalation and the whole thing. So right now we have the recovery coach who goes uh, for overdose door knocks and offers resources and, and naloxone. Um, and as well as myself to provide anybody, the police or any department um, with connections to social services. And we also now officially as of yesterday have our three um, jail diversion um, clinicians. Mm. Uh, and they're going to be, if not already, co-responding with the police um, for mental health interactions. Mm. Um, and so I work closely with them. I'm on the I'm located at the police station on Thursdays. I work closely with them. Um, and it's, it's been really great to see it unfold. First, there's a huge capacity mm. <laughs> for this work. Yeah. Mental health is its own job. And over here with the substance use and the other social determinants of health, it, there's, a, there's a huge capacity mm. of um, work to have this many people and more. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the the police are now having this unit, um, and these mental health clinicians with experience are, are going out and interfacing with families. Um, we have uh, a day clinician, an evening cl clinician, as well as a youth and families clinician. Mm -hmm. And so this is fairly new within mm -hmm. the last year, um, but a total godsend. Yeah. Um, so that is a grant through DMH. Um, they're contracted through Elliott, so they have that um, connection to the resources of our community health agency that serves Medford. So if the sort of primary reason for someone being getting attention from the police is like a mental health substance use, some sort of related um, cause that these clinicians can sort of try to intervene and get the support that this person needs rather than sending them to jail. Yep, so the, the whole aim um, is to avoid jail time and possibly avoid um, involuntary commitment mm -hmm. on the substance use and mental health side by mm -hmm. having that person, because it can be traumatic. Yeah. It, it, is, <laughs> it is dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and having those individuals speak to someone and get services in that time um, and not cause the community more trauma, mm -hmm. who's already facing a lot of mental health issues. Well, you've been here for a long time in this, uh, you, uh, as a, like a social work sort of position with the city. I wonder if you can talk about like um, a piece of it or like a time or a project that you're kind of most proud of. I mean, substance use is definitely our baby here. Mm -hmm. um, but as we, you know, move forward, I think just solidifying this position so that we can work on programming for the city um, that has a connection to the population that they serve. Mm -hmm. So um, a huge part of this is just being a part of the team who is seeing what's going on and advising, you know, mm -hmm. the top mm -hmm that this is what we're seeing mm -hmm. and this is what we, we need help with. And so having those connections. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing is this weekly group is mm -hmm. we have a solid um, group of people in Medford who come to the group and, you know, for any other reason, this is the group that they attend yeah. and not much else. Mm -hmm. um, and they feel 
there's trust there yeah. and you know and I think that's something that I'm super proud of um, and you know my supervisor um, the office of prevention and outreach manager Pen manager Penny uh, funny only she is uh, everything to this city so she is responsible you know for this office for our physicians for advocating for services for taking our word for it and, mm. and advocating to um, the administration and and she also has several grants which I would be really <laughs> hard to describe but yeah. um, you know just about emergency preparedness and yeah. climate resiliency mm. um, and in social determinants of health and equity and, mm -hmm. and all these things. So she's responsible for the community liaisons. Mm -hmm. um, she's responsible for most of our prevention um, grants that are servicing like regionally mm -hmm. um, substance use prevention. She's responsible for writing for the jail diversion clinicians. I mean, um, and, and so on and so on. We have a grant through RISE that mm -hmm. helps fund our work here with substance use to be able to provide those scholarships. Yeah. And so she's really the, the brains and the behind um, this operation. And she also really believes in, like, serving the community, mm. you know. And it can get political when I mean, we work for the city. Mm -hmm. But her main, her main goal is always to, this is about serving the mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. And I really like that about political yeah. players who have that ideology. Like, it can be messy and we can... Yeah. But... This, you know, this is what's best for the community, so I'm going to fight for this. Sure. That sounds great. And I, it sounds like there's some, like, ideas in the works for the future. So if, if there was something that you thought, like, here's something that we could improve upon or, like, a step that would, like, help us move towards that equity space, are there any things that you're noticing or anything you would name? I think we've come a long way in terms of, you know, English literacy and, and English as a second language and like really reaching out to those populations. Um, I feel strongly that it's not a population's job yeah. to, um, you know, to reach out to us. It is yeah. our job to reach out to certain populations. And we have some really deep rooted mm. cultural and linguistic groups in Medford. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, not okay for them to not know about services available or be unable to access them mm -hmm. due to you know a language barrier and i think that was a huge goal of ours mm -hmm. that um, everything be translated and you know there are communities with more languages and more people who um, speak other languages and, and you go into their city hall and they've got like every mm -hmm. language and you know i hate to think that someone would come into this space even to pay a parking ticket mm -hmm. and just be unable to so we've worked really strongly on everything, especially resources, um, be translated. So there was a project in the spring where we um, took some of the groups, the community organizations in Medford, um, and we translated some really important things about them and what they provide the community So, um, in, in a flyer. So Anna is the MVP coordinator. And so we have, the, um, you know, what happens at the library? The library, you can rent a laptop. I mm. think that's really important yeah. for people to know. Um, I hope I'll correct them. <laughs> so the Medford Rec Center, Medford Family Network, us yeah. here, you know. So the, the tricky thing that I learned through it um, is that a lot of the languages 
um, or definitions that we say aren't really translatable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So wellness isn't an easy trans yeah. isn't an easy translatable term. Sure. Um, I think in one culture, a, a sort of equivalent was like unburdening oneself. Mm. Right, so it's really interesting to think about. We think of like your mental health wellness. Well, that's not, um, you know, sometimes a term that's easily translatable. Some, you know, cultures they have mental illness and then they have, um, you know, a work ethic. Or, you know, I don't want to speak to any other culture or be an expert in it, but just the translation of trying to figure out how to put this out there Mm -hmm. where this culture would um understand what we would like you know sure. to say yeah. it was really eye-opening i didn't even think you know even when i was writing the substance use um like short description they were like this is not translatable yeah <laughs> yeah no like a lot of the jargon that we used totally and like the some of these terms i think also like the value system that you know in different in different communities so like you want me to talk about how I feel? Like, I don't do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, the and connotation the, yeah. of some of the things that we're providing resources and, yeah. and they just, you know, yeah. there was a better way. Sure. Um, yeah. And we want to get people hooked up with resources. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're being really creative and it's some cool program. I'm wondering, too, if there's any, um, like, the best way to get in touch with you or City Hall if somebody has a need or a concern that relates to substance use, mental health, any of these resources. Yeah, so we have the multilingual resource line, and you can call that and leave a message um, in any language, really. Um, And that's 781-475-5644. Or you can put a request for services on uh, medfordma.org, and that will also come to me. Um, Or, you know, we have a outreach cell phone, um, but it's office hours, so if you would like to get in talk with my in touch with myself or the community recovery coach 7165456355 and if I hadn't mentioned his name's Jeff Gibson uh, and he's a complete asset of um, caring and compassionate um, outreach work in Medford so if you do see him with a couple of bags um, passing them out in Medford Square make sure you you know say hi um, and you know, we, we love this community, so. Well, Alicia, thank you so much. This has been really enlightening. I appreciate your time. Um, hopefully we can connect again soon. Thanks so much to Alicia. Be sure to check out the show notes if you want to access any of the information and resources mentioned in today's show. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Medford Bites! Medford Bites! Go